morning, crypto. Good morning, warriors. Hello and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel, Good Morning Crypto, where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics from the top crypto research team in the world. I'm your host, Abs, joined by several members of our 3T fam this morning. We got Gonzo, also known as Super G, joining us on this Thursday. Andrew Cashflow, aka the Cashflow King, and that's all we got on this beautiful Thursday, so I'm very excited for today's show. Today on Good Morning Crypto, we'll be discussing how the founder of Terra Luna, Do Kwan, was tracked down and arrested in Montenegro this morning. As a friend of the show, Mark Yesko, explains what took place in 2020, calling this the greatest distraction of our generation. A prominent crypto lawyer is confirming a ripple win against the SEC as the White House released a new report on crypto versus the U.S. dollar, telling Americans to trust the Federal Reserve. XRP's price chart is looking better than ever, primed for a move back over $1 territory. And with Coinbase being the latest exchange to be sued by the SEC, we break down the details, showing our community how crypto regulation could create the greatest bull run of our era. Our show is available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcast, our show is live on YouTube Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. Super G, you already know we got some great news prepared for today. And I just want to say thank you for sticking around for almost two hours yesterday on the interview with Quincy. I hope all of our listeners enjoyed that. But how are you feeling, my friend? And thank you for being here. I'm feeling outstanding. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Yeah, man, yesterday's show was just like, like, I wish I could have stayed the whole time. Uh, but I mean, there was so much good information. You got to watch that show a few times. Uh, you know, Quincy's a very, very intelligent person. Uh, there were so many different subject matters. So definitely check it out. Uh, and but yeah, man, it's gonna be a great show today. I'm happy to be here. And for anybody who's wondering, we actually did an IQ reveal on Quincy yesterday during the show. So if you're wondering what his IQ is, go and check out that episode. But Andrew Cashflow, always happy to see you this morning. How you feeling, my friend? And thank you for being here. Yeah, great. Great day today here. Actually, they are currently doing some work in the streets here with me. So I don't know if you will hear all the noise in the background, but it's it's horrible. I almost uh, don't hear you. But uh, yeah, I'm looking again uh, to forward to a great show. You always have great articles. And uh, by the way, you also have an article about Coinbase. And I made yesterday again in the Coinbase stock, 35% profit. Wow. So, it's, it's so volatile, Coinbase, because the news is going up and down and up and down, you know, and this, uh, this investment strategies just yeah, give me the possibility to make, make money over and over and over again with Coinbase. Yeah, it's ridiculous, but, you know, I don't complain. So, That's uh, amazing, Andrew Cashflow. There's a reason we call you the Cashflow King. 35% on the S&P. Congratulations, my friend. But we're going to start to show off the same way we always do by showing you our Good Morning Crypto Twitter account. That's at 3TGM Crypto on Twitter. We are at 3,174 followers. We're gaining like 50 followers a day, guys. So go smash that follow button. We really enjoy talking to you. The Crypto Fear and Greed Index is in greed this morning, Gonzo, sitting at a 57. But when we check out some of the daily movers, we've got one of the biggest red bubbles I've ever seen on this index. ARB is down 75% on the day. When we check out the total coin market cap, we are sitting at 1.18 trillion in total market cap this morning. Bitcoin is 46% dominance. Ethereum is about 19%. We've got Bitcoin sitting at 27,000, whoop, 28,300. Ethereum, 1,800. XRP is 44 cents. And it's really exciting, up 25% on the seven day. We're going to be diving into that today. Cardano's 38 cents, Polkadot, $6, Chainlink, eight bucks. And we've got Quant Network, 
sitting at 127. And Gonzo, before we dive into our articles for today, we already got 169 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. But before we get into our articles, what catches your attention overall about the market this morning, Gonzo? Yeah, well, you know, this morning was the Arbitrum airdrop. They had a, a lot of issues, uh, like, you know, just about an hour ago, only maybe about 10% of people had claimed. And you can see how these things work. Um, uh, whatever supply there was hit the markets, right? Uh, and that's usually the venture capital guys. And they were able to dump their tokens. They got up as high as, I think, uh, $12, $15 on some exchanges and then came crashing back down. Uh, when I was watching it, it was hovering between $1.20 and $1.12. Uh, I, I'm waiting for it to settle. If you're going to get into Arbitrum, uh, I would definitely wait. You know, anything below maybe a dollar ten uh, is okay, but definitely anything under a dollar. But you're going to have to wait for everyone to be able to claim their their tokens and then put them out into the open market and then find out where our floor is because we're going to get a bounce. That happens. It happened with Blur. It happened with Optimism. Um, you know, when you look at their chart, you you get that that huge price pump. It comes crashing down, it kind of settles, and then it takes off again. Um, so that's kind of what I'm looking for. The other thing I'm looking at is Bitcoin dominance, right? We topped out at 48%. It's starting to drop a little bit. And so that could be uh, an indicator of movement um, in the altcoin. Gonzo, so, I'd love yeah, to get some thoughts from Cashflow as well, but I want to kick it back to you really briefly. We've been showing this chart throughout the week from one of our friends, Tony Edward, also known as Thinking Crypto. He was anticipating that Bitcoin would get a move back up to thirty-two to 36000 before we completed this bear market and went into a regression here. So really briefly, is that what you're anticipating or have times changed in the last couple of days? No, you know, I'm still, that's still what I'm anticipating. We're still looking at that automatic rally. That 0.5 fib is like at 32 k so that's what I'm still playing. I'm kind of looking at the price action, but I'm also looking at the time frame, right? As we get closer to that eclipse, that comes up on uh, April 20th, right? That's kind of what I'm playing. Um, but uh, yeah, so I don't think Tony's is, is um, I, don't, I don't think he's um, far off from what our theory is. Um, you know, you had the FOMC meeting yesterday and basically <clears throat> you had uh, Jerome Powell saying basically that they're going to continue to raise rates but the market is calling his bluff. It's actually pricing in price cuts starting in July. And if you listen to what he said, he kind of used softer language. So uh, the market doesn't believe him, right? They're calling his bluff. So we have to see how, how it plays out. But I'm definitely looking to de-risk um, as we go into like April, uh, May timeframe, right? And then because I expect us to come back down. Now, I don't think that we're going to come down and make a new low. We have a lot of support at that twenty-five dollars to $20,000 level. So that's something that we definitely need to look at. Um, I, I don't think that we're going to be coming down back to the 15.8, but like it's all probability. So we have to get a little bit closer to that to see what the charts tell us. Absolutely, Gonzo. And we got 226 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. One of our listeners commented, I'm 30,000 into XRP. I'm pissed off but I'm still buying it. My friend, I've been there for years, so you're not alone. And Andrew Cashflow, we're going to start this show off with an interesting video showing our listeners exactly where the government is taking us with this new central bank digital currency narrative. The greatest reset of our generation is already underway, and this video highlights that pretty perfectly. So we're going to play this short clip and go to Andrew. Here we go. We are headed towards a currency reset. If it's a, uh, if it is a, cryptocurrency, if it is a central bank digital uh, coin, CBDC, we're going to get bargaining. And here's what's going to happen. The government will step in and say, this is too big for anybody else to handle. 
We'll handle it with the Fed. We're resetting the currency. It's going to be a, a digital dollar. It'll be in the Fed. Every American has an account now with the Fed. Um, we will give you more than what your dollar is worth right now for the first, I don't know, eight weeks. Your dollar will be worth $1.25. So get your digital currency now. Andrew, there's a lot of things he said there, and we talk about this all the time. Not only are they going to incentivize people to use the central bank digital currency by giving them free money. We had an interesting guest on yesterday, Quincy Jones, and he described how centralized currencies like a CBDC are going to be the main reason that decentralized applications hit the mainstream. And this is a great this is a great thing here. They're going to use the Federal Reserve as an excuse to monetize our data through the banks. And he's he's priming this out. We just got some new details out of Florida yesterday. They're planning on banning a central bank digital currency. And U.S. Senator Ted Cruz out of Texas, he seems to agree because they're also passing a bill to ban this new technology, Andrew. But the point I was trying to make is that central bank digital currencies are currently coming into effect. And there are some positive narratives that we can get out of this, such as crypto adoption through the mainstream banks. What are some of your concerns and how do you feel about this whole narrative as it's playing out before our eyes? <laughs> it looked like uh, the new movie, Rocky, uh, Rocky six, Rocky seven. I mean, <laughs> let, the, let the battle begin. You know, this is what, this is what we see. They ignore it and they laugh at you. And now we are in the fighting phase. And, and yeah, you know, it, it, it's fun. It's fun to see. And this Ted, this Ted Cruz, yeah, I, I like this guy. I mean, I mean he, he makes sense. He's telling us that the dollar needs to uh, comply to three things, to protect the financial privacy, to maintain the dollar dominance, and to cult cultivate innovation. And, you know, and I think that he's, he's right. But on the other hand, yeah, the, what, what about central control? I mean, the, 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 the Federal Reserve is used to control the money of, of about the whole world. So, yeah. They, they will be very, no, yeah, let me say, disappointed if they cannot do that role anymore. But, you know, as we had uh, maybe a 200 years ago, separation from church and state, we now need to go to an era of separation of money and state. So give money back to the people and then we will become responsible with our money. And, and what he also said, from, uh, if you have to go, to the central bank digital currency, they will give you 25% more, for example. I expect that in the future, we will get double prices in, in the supermarket. If you pay with the old uh, dollar, you will pay, pay price X. And if you pay with the new, the central bank digital currency dollar, you will get a discount of 20 or 25%. And then lots of people will be volunteering to put all their money in a wallet. And we know, we all have this, 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 this device with us all the time. So that, that, that's perfect. So, you know, they are just creating the perfect situation. But we see more and more awareness of people that say, hey, wait a minute, is this so good for humanity? Is this good for the United States? And, and I like it very much. I like to watch the game. And I'm a spectator. I cannot influence it. But I see what happens. And I, and, I, and I play the game and I make, uh, yeah, I make the money that, that we can do. So profit from it, profit from the volatility, what we see and uh, yeah, and, and go from there. So uh, yeah, interesting times. Absolutely, Andrew. And this is why we love to interview other people on the show. Give me one second here, Gonzo. 
Sorry, I had to clear my throat. One of the reasons that we do these interviews on the show is to get a different perspective. And that's what Quincy brought us yesterday. We've been very critical of central bank digital currencies and the fact that we want this technology outlawed within the United States. Well, Quincy brought up something really important. He said that centralized digital currencies are going to be what the iPhone was for decentralized apps that the iPhone was to the internet. CBDCs are going to allow the everyday person to operate in these new ecosystems, whether it's XRP or XDC or Ethereum, and it's going to be seamless. No one's going to care about what happens on the back end. Somebody commented, this circus needs to end, and I couldn't agree, but my friend, it's just getting started. This whole narrative is only kicking off right now, and Gonzo, I wanted to get some thoughts from you. What are some of the positive aspects, or what did you think about what Quincy had to say in regards to central bank digital currencies being a major catalyst for growth when it comes to decentralized applications. I think it was a very um, interesting view. And it was a reminder for me that these technologies are neutral, right? The reason we don't like CBDs and we talk negatively about them is because of what we believe the government is going to do with them, right? But the technology itself is neutral. It's not good or bad. It's what our government does. You know, as far as the story with, with Senator Ted Cruz, I think it's great that he's bringing awareness and they're trying to put restrictions. But keep this in mind that um, like they did it in Florida, it has to be a federal law, right? Because the states, they could try to pass some CBDC ban, but ultimately they don't have the authority to supersede the federal government, right? If there's a federal law that passes, that's going to supersede anything that the states do. I think it's good because it brings attention to central bank digital currencies and what the government might try to do. Um, but ultimately, uh, it's what, you know, we need a federal law to protect or, or to bring in those things or those characteristics that they're trying to limit, right? So they can make it more like cash. You, you know what, what I'm looking forward to? If you talk from now to technical perspective, I'm looking forward to streaming money. We have streaming music, we have streaming video. As soon as we get streaming money, pay by the second or pay by the tenth of a second, which will be possible in the near future. Yeah. There, is, there will be an, an era of possibilities that will open. If I if I rent a movie uh, and, and I want to watch it, and I only watch the first 10 minutes and I think it's, it's, it's nothing I want to stop, I only pay 10 minutes and I pay by the minute. And, you know, we never would have thought that Facebook would become so big, but because of apps, you know, and, 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 and internet, it became big. And I, you know, I also have no idea about what will be possible and what people will think about as soon as streaming money will be invented worldwide and will be supported worldwide, you know. And it doesn't matter if it is a CDBC streaming money or a decentralized currency streaming money. A lot of innovation will open. And of course, we prefer to have it all decentralized. But I think that there will also be a big, a big innovation. Absolutely, Andrew. And I want to play the remainder of this clip. But before we do that, we got 341 live listeners joining us on this Thursday. Show us some love. Smash that like button. I really hope you guys enjoy this show and enjoy this content because we do the best we can. And this video right here is explaining what we've always described on our channel, the precipice of a CBDC. It is here. And this is the example. And in six weeks, it's going to be worth a buck. And six weeks after that, it'll be worth 75 cents. Eventually, it will be worth nothing, and it will force everybody into a digital currency, which will ultimately uh, control absolutely everything you do uh, and a lower standard of life. But a lot of people will be happy because there's some normalcy. It also would mean most likely 
uh, a war. All of these things are, are, are beyond possible right now. The financial and the reset to a digital currency is not just possible, it is probable. And it's been being talked about for over half a decade, Gonzo. We've got clear evidence right now that this shift is already underway. And we have a video to show our listeners of, of Russia and China not only coming together to discuss moving away from the dollar, they're already stating the dollar is dead when it comes to global domination. So I just wanted to get your thoughts on what I showed, and then we'll continue with the show. As far as the, the story about uh, the dollar global domination or yeah, the I, actually, sorry, what I really wanted yeah. to get your thoughts on was the specifics of the CBDC that he broke down. People are going to be incentivized to use this currency on the front end, but on the back end, what is it doing? It's devaluing the dollar and it's creating it's a great divide in wealth. Once they start infinitely pumping central bank digital currencies into the system, it's going to take half a million dollars to even be in the middle class. And this is the easiest way to do that. So I'd like for you to elaborate and then we'll just continue. Yeah, I, I mean, I, it's one version of what could happen, right? You know, I, I don't want to sit there and be like fear mongering, right? It is one version, but there are other versions, all right? Like if Ted Cruz and some of the other Republicans get together and they're able to create some laws around CBDCs like they want, then there's a different version of what that looks like, right? We, we still don't know. We, we know that usually when, when the government is given power, it overreaches, right? Um, but and, and, and what's sad about it, like, you know, us that are that are our viewers and us that are in the space, we understand w what it means. But it's sad. All you have to do is see what happened during the, the, the C word. Right. With all the checks, what people did with them and how they acted. Right. Thinking that that was free money and how we're paying for that now. Right. You, you can see the path of people going down. And when they say, hey, bring your money over here and we're going to give you a dollar fifty to to your dollar in cash, they're gonna line up out the door for that, right? Not really understanding uh, what that means. So um, is it possible? Yeah, it's absolutely possible. But there's also a different version of that, right? I think there's kind of two extremes where um, we get everything we want and they get everything we, we uh, they want, right? And then maybe we land somewhere in the middle. Absolutely, Gonzo. And one of the things that I was checking out in the background right now is a video of one of our friends, Mark Yusko, explaining what happened during 2020. But in the live chat, people are talking about some breaking news we're getting out of Uphold as Uphold has suspended staking from their platform in the U.S. until further notice. And this is perfect. This is exactly what we've been talking about for a long time. The SEC is the biggest enemy when it comes to decentralization in this market. And the way they're going to do it is attacking exchanges instead of individual projects. Well, Andrew, what's the breaking news out of today? Coinbase has actually received a Wells notice from the SEC claiming that they've been selling unregistered securities for a very long period of time. But before we even dive into the details of that article, I wanted to focus on this tweet right here. So in April of 2021, the Coinbase was approved by the SEC to be listed on the New York Stock Exchange. So in April of 2021, the SEC said, go right ahead and issue a stock to the American public on Coinbase. We approve of their business and all of the disclosures. In March of 2023, Coinbase did a complete 180, changing their stance on the company. Now saying, Coinbase, we're selling you, we're, we're suing you for selling unregistered securities on your platform. Well, Andrew, they approved them to sell those currencies. And we're going to show the evidence later in the episode. But just broadly, how do you feel about Uphold officially taking staking out of the United States? Now, actually, I'm not uh, disappointed about, about it because I think staking should be decentralized and staking should not be in a centralized platform. I mean, I burned my fingers 
pretty severe with the with the collapse of uh, of of Celsius. Fortunately, I had no money in in BlockFi and I had no money in uh, in, in, in Nexo, but Nexo is still there. But BlockFi also is not there. I mean, do not trust any centralized entity. So actually, you know, I don't care if they do not do staking at all anymore. However, I would care if they would uh, uh, suspend trading in XRP because Uphold is the only one for the US people to buy and sell XRP at the moment. So, yeah, so I don't care. However, yeah, we, what we see, it, it all fits in the narrative and I, I call it almost fear porn that, that, that crypto is bad, CDBC Johnny is not there, CDBC is good, you know, and that is repeated over and over again. And if you know something about uh, influencing the subconscious mind, as, uh, the, the longer you hear a specific message, in the end, you will believe it. So if you are not uh, yeah, informing yourself about the, the counterpart of the news, of the, 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 the other side of the news, yeah, you will be uh, vulnerable to this kind of influencing. And you will say, oh, no, not, not for me, crypto. Yeah, it, it's dangerous, you know. But what we do not hear is many projects that are currently uh, up and running and starting with decentralized finance, decentralized staking, decentralized. A lot of decentralized activities going on. And we hear nothing in the news about those developments. But I'm looking forward to that. Uh, to that, yeah, to that, till the awareness come also in the, in the, in the, in the, yeah, in the, in the, by, at all people that currently are ru ruling the, or uh, rule the world. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, they, they will get it in the end. And then the, what will they say? Let's join them. Absolutely, Andrew. And before I kick it to Gonzo, I just want to read a couple of details. I want to remind our listeners later in this episode, we are going to show you an exclusive video from a crypto lawyer, not only stating that Ripple is going to outright beat the SEC in case, they don't think the SEC is going to appeal because of how they're going to win. So it's a really interesting video. I'm excited to play for our listeners. But before we do that, let's check out this Coinbase article. As two years ago, the SEC reviewed our business in detail and approved Coinbase to go public. Our S1 clearly explained our asset listing process and includes 57 references to staking. Coinbase runs a rigorous asset review process and has rejected more than 90% of the assets that applied to be listed on their platform. We are very confident in the way we run our business and the same business we presented to the SEC back in 2021. So Gonzo, right while I kick it to you here, what does it mean to you that the SEC is changing their stance from only two years ago, now claiming the same assets that were, were okay to be sold are unregistered securities in the United States? It just shows, it just reiterates the message how there is no clarity, right? And I retweeted this and I thought Coinbase, the attorney, did a great job of kind of laying out their case where they had met with um, the SEC 30 times over nine months. And in that, in, in all of those meetings, they didn't get any information. They didn't get any clarity, no guidance, nothing at all, right? Um, what you just mentioned where um, it was mentioned, staking was mentioned 57 times before they went public and the SEC had no issue at all with letting them go public. And now all of a sudden they flip-flop and there's a problem with staking, right? Within the two entities of the CFTC and the SEC, they can't even make up their mind on what is a security and what is a commodity, right? We had on the same day, Gary Gensler saying, uh, or we had the New York State Attorney's uh, Office suing KuCoin that Ethereum was a security. And then the CFTC guys talking in front of Congress saying that Ethereum is a commodity. So when you lay all these things out, there's other things too that Coinbase, like 
they, out of all the thousands of cryptocurrencies, you know, they only list about 240. So they, they say they have a rigorous kind of system where they kind of review these things. They even want to sell securities, right? They think that, hey, some of these cryptocurrencies are securities, but we want to sell them. They're trying to apply for licensing for that. So I think they put out a very good case for they're, all it is is confusion. There is no guidance. Um, and at the end of the day, um, I'm hoping that Coinbase puts their money where their uh, mouth is and they join the fight and they sue the SEC that they don't settle like cracking, that they go ahead and they fight. Andrew, I want to get your thoughts on this, too. One of our friends, Tony Edward, commented and said, remember, folks, the corrupt regulator Gary Gensler and Sam Bankman fried had FTX officials in his office multiple times and was about to make them a monopoly despite the massive fraud that was happening in the background. Well, this same agency greenlighted Coinbase to be listed publicly back in 2021 and is now attacking them for the same service they approved just 24 months ago. So, Andrew, just to close us out on this topic, close us out here. What do you think about the SEC's actions? <laughs> Actually, I must I must laugh a little bit about it. I mean, uh, Goldo says, "Yeah, let's the 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 Coinbase should should sue the SEC." I think BlackRock will not allow that. I mean, BlackRock wants to be under the radar a little bit, and 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 they they also they're all playing the game, and and uh, weird things are happening. We we see what's happening, but it is not the headlines of the news. The headlines of the news is just yeah crypto bed you know and and all that kind of stuff so yeah yeah it, it's the more and more we we pay attention to this kind of news and that's why i love this show so much we look at the other side of the news and and, and that that's great and we inform people i mean 383 listeners uh i mean in, in, in major channel i mean we're only small but we are yeah also giving our two cents here to educate the people and to tell them look this is happening and and be aware of what is happening and we get more and more and more influence also with our other influencers uh, on, on 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 the internet you know we are we are together on a mission and a mission for for actually for humanity to make to make it better for all of us Absolutely, Andrew. And that's a beautiful message. We got 371 live warriors out there. Show us some love. Smash that like button. When you talk about being on the precipice of something historical, we're about to show you a clear example. So as the XRP price chart is looking stronger than ever, about to make a move back over to that $1 territory, John Deaton is claiming that Ripple is ready for an outright win against the SEC. And people have been uh, regurgitating the narrative. If we get, if Ripple wins, we're going to have an appeal process John Deaton seems to disagree. He doesn't think the SEC will definitely go through that process. So we're going to let this short clip play and go back to the group here. Here we go. Um, I almost, I was shocked, Kathy, when I read the, the SEC. I was actually proven wrong. They proved me wrong about something in this case. Before the summary judgment motion was filed, I told the XRP world and the XRP community, stand by because I predict the XRP might have some evidence against Brad and Chris and Ripple that are not public yet. And uh, it might be a couple bad days for Ripple, you know, publicly, kind of optically. And when I read the summary judgment, there was nothing there. It was just that, hey, they talked about, you know, how they want to promote the XRP ecosystem and how they, uh, they want to get XRP increased in value and things like that. And how XRP is going to be successful in the future. Everything that a Bitcoin person says everything that Ethereum person says, everything that Charles Hodgson Cardano says about their platform, nothing there 
that was unique. And as you know, there's no fraud in this case. There's no one, there's not one allegation of fraud. So this is a, a pretty straightforward case. And, and I've become more and more, I try to stay, you know, not too optimistic so I can give people uh, more objective advice, but I just don't see how the SEC wins this case at this point. I really do. I'm going to go on a limb and predict a victory for uh, Ripple and XRP holders. boy, John Deaton. Couldn't be more proud of you there. We got 389 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. We love John Deaton on this channel, so shout out to him. But Andrew Cashflow, the main argument here is what I think he brought, he painted perfectly. If the SEC isn't able to prove that XRP is considered an unregistered security, even though Ripple owns over 50% of the supply, how are they going to be able to apply that to other projects? And we can just use Ethereum as an example. If they can't paint Ripple as a centralized entity, that's going to be a big problem with litigation going forward. So I think that's what the SEC is really battling here. It's much bigger than the individual project XRP or the individual company Ripple. They're focused on future cases that are yet to be filed. So I just wanted to get some brief thoughts, and then we'll kick it to Gonzo. Uh, you know, um, there is just no framework agreed. And as soon as a framework is agreed, I can predict you. From a technological point of view, we will find 1,000 ways to go around that framework. And I think that is the, the, the risk that, that SEC is facing, also together with the CFTC, although they are fighting together about who gets the power and who can say something about what. I think it's pretty very difficult to, to, to build a framework to the legalize or to, 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 to standardize or make, make a new uh, 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 yeah, way how to judge if it is a uh, 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 registered security or not. I think it is almost impossible to do because, you know, they are now attacking the centralized entities. Decentralization is going on and on and on and all kinds of projects are starting up. I mean, it, it is almost undoable, and we are really on the brink of, of a major shift. The only thing is we should yeah, become aware of it, and it should just roll out, and it needs time. But, you know, we are on the, we are on the good side, and uh, we just continue, and we love making these shows and talk about this. Shit. Absolutely. You know what, Andrew? At least at the end of the day, they give us something to talk about. But guys, we got 400 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And one of our listeners commented and said, we're all so lucky to be paying attention and have this opportunity. I couldn't agree more, Gonzo. With all the negativity they're promoting on the mainstream media, we're trying to take this news and put a positive spin on it, allow our community to get wealthy and free the people that they care about. So I'd just like to get some thoughts on the John Deaton clip there before we show a follow-up where he doubles down that Ripple will beat the SEC. Yeah, I mean, he is the subject matter expert. So who are who am I to argue with that? And I agree with them 100%, right? But I think of, I think you bring up a really good point, Abs. Though, like, there's a lot of people that hate on uh, XRP and there's a lot of people that hate on Ripple with the banker coin narrative and all of that. But you bring up a good point about the supply, right? We know that the XRP L is decentralized, but what X, what what Ripple gets attacked about is about how much XRP they hold and that making it a centralized entity. So if Ripple can win this case, it does a lot for the rest of the space, right? There's a measuring stick now that you can measure yourself to. And if you're more decentralized than Ripple, then you're going to be okay. Or if you get sued, if you have the money, you can fight the SEC. Um, but 
like, like I said, he's a subject matter expert, so I'm going to lead into what he says. But we've been kind of reiterating what he said already, is that we believe that Ripple – and all you have to do is just see the chaos that right now with the Coinbase lawsuit. All the points that they laid out, there is no clear clarity. I mean, I don't see an, uh, uh, a way where a judge that's educated and using some common sense can look at all this. And we saw this already, right? We saw this with the Voyager case where the SEC tried to come in and try to block the sale of a Voyager, right? The judge looked at the SEC like, are you guys crazy? Like, what are you talking about? There's absolutely no clarity. And absolutely Thank God, no God. Thank God sale, there's one right? judge out there that has a sane mind in their head, but continue, sorry. No, exactly, right? And so we got to hope and trust that we're going to get more judges like this because if we can see it, it's, some of this is like common sense. I know that there's laws that, that, uh, that they have to follow to get the adjudication, right? But I mean, so we're already kind of seeing where this is going. And if Coinbase ends up fighting the SEC, now you've got BlackRock fighting them, you got Ripple, and then you got Coinbase. Like if you look statistically speaking, um, I was listening to a stat this morning that the SEC, when it goes to these cases, they've lost four out of five cases that have gone in front of the Supreme Court. Wow. So they do not have a good record when it goes all the way up to the Supreme Court. And it looks like if, if, if um, Coinbase joins in a lawsuit, it looks like they're about to get three big L's, three more big L's. Absolutely, Gonzo. And we got 398 live listeners. I'm sure some of them are wondering, where is Johnny Crypto on this Thursday morning? Well, Johnny Crypto's enjoying a much-earned vacation, so I want to give a shout-out to my friend Johnny. I hope he's having an amazing trip, so shout-out to my friend. Love you, bro. Guys, I do want to focus on this article right here because we have a second follow-up video of John Deaton doubling down on his take that Ripple will beat the SEC. We're going to let this short clip play and go back to the group here. Here we go. Confident, and I've said it on record, I'll say it again. I believe the SEC will lose. Remember, Charlie and I even have that bet. I, I believe the SEC will lose its summary judgment motion as it's written. That doesn't mean the judge can't split the baby, and, and it depends on how aggressive she is on wanting to get into the evidence. But the SEC lost their expert for trying to show that XRP holders would have relied on the efforts of Ripple and that they were induced by Ripple. And there is no guy, there's no expert to say that there's no non-investment use of XRP. So I just want to pause it there. That's so important, Gonzo. And we've talked about this several times in the past. The SEC lost one of their key arguments against Ripple just a couple of weeks ago. The sole lawyer that is responsible for saying us retail purchasers bought XRP because we thought Ripple was going to make us a profit the judge said there's no evidence of that, and that cannot be brought in this case when making a decision. So that is such a big detail for people like us. And I really think it's one of the reasons John Deaton is willing to make these bold statements and say not only is Ripple going to win, the SEC is not going to have the right to appeal because it wouldn't even benefit them in the long term. So, Gonzo, I'd love to get some thoughts from you, and then we'll continue with this video. Yeah, you know, um, he brings up a great point. Like I said, he's the subject matter expert. He's the attorney. But when you look at what the Howey test and what they needed to prove, it's that expectation of profit that they lost. So they lost a piece of the Howey test. All they really have is the common enterprise argument and the uh, uh, the common enterprise and the uh, it, it's the uh, common enterprise and it's, okay. it's, it's slipping my mind too, Gonzo. I wish I could. Yeah, jump it's slipping my <laughs> yeah common enterprise. I, I'm I'm forgetting the, the the main one right now. But but anyway, so they lost a big piece of that. So th that's probably why he's leaning into that they're going to lose because it's going to be very hard to prove that um, 
that they violated or that it met all the prongs of the Howey test when they just lost one of their expert witnesses that was going to prove one of the prongs, right? So uh, it'll come to me though when we're talking. Of course, no, you know when it'll come to you? Right when we get off air, we'll be in the post chat meeting talking about this. Yeah. Like, oh, that's what it was. But guys, right. we got 417 live. Investment contract. That's what it is. An investment contract. <laughs> there you go. Investment yeah, contract. Common enterprise investment contract. That's it always it comes eventually, am I right? And guys, yeah. show us some love. Smash that like button. Andrew Cashflow, before I dive into the end of this video, I just wanted to get some of your thoughts. What do you think about the SEC losing their key witness in this case when it comes to proving that we bought XRP with the expectation of profit? From Ripple. Uh, mute button, Andrew. At least I bought my X my XRP in expectation to make profit. So, you know, and I think many of us did it. And as John Deaton says, yeah, it's different. Okay, I will go with him. But I would very but much. We were, but we were, but we didn't expect Ripple to do that. We expected XRP to do that, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, that's what I expected. I, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think that's the difference. Because else I would have bought stocks in, in, in Ripple. Exactly. So, uh, yeah. Somebody commented, the RSW charts are off the scale for Gary Gensler and Coinbase. Couldn't agree more. But here's the thing. We're going to put a positive spin on this. We're going to let the rest of this clip play from John Deaton. Go back to Gonzo. Here we go. And then, of course, you have XRP holders brief, you have spin the bits brief, and all the other amicus brief, and you've got 3,500 affidavits from XRP holders saying why we used and purchased XRP. And, and some of them say for investment, like many people did, and many of them talk about for the particular use and moving money and, and being paid and all those other things. And so... There is an area where the judge could say whether or not XRP was purchased for non-investment reasons is an issue of fact for the jury to decide. She could say, as a matter of law, the SEC has not, uh, that no reasonable jury could conclude there's a common enterprise and fine for Ripple. Or she could say whether or not there's a common enterprise is an issue for a jury. So it really depends. I'm confident that they're going to lose. Uh, and I believe that Ripple has the better chance of an outright win than the SEC does. Music to my ears, Gonzo. And this close us out on this segment here. The XRP price chart is actually looking primed right now. The fact that we're getting all these positive narratives right on the precipice of breaking out of this 800-day bull flag, it's not a coincidence. There's no such thing as coincidences, right? Just unrecognized patterns. When I look at this price chart here, XRP actually broke out. You can see this is from 37 cents. We broke all the way up and we are sitting at 44 cents this morning. So clearly we've already turned bullish. And to me, when XRP moves, it moves drastically. And while you're giving your take, I want to show our listeners this chart. Last time we broke out of a trend line like this, we experienced 240,000% gains over the next 40 days. Or sorry, it was 70,000% gains over the next 240 days, which is still historic and still so amazing. So, Gonzo, I just wanted to get your thoughts there. How do you feel about John Deaton calling for a ripple win while the price chart is looking primed? Yeah, you know, I, I was looking at the price chart, and it did break out, right, when we had that 27% uh, gains. It broke through a major um, horizontal support, which was at 44 cents. I think we got close to 50 uh, I'm trying to remember exactly, but we've given a little bit of that, but basically we've come back down to now retest that support level. As long as we stay above that level, then we've come into the next range and our next range up is at about 53 cents. We need to go, we need to get now above 53 cents and hold that to continue that bullish momentum up. 
Absolutely, guys. And I think this is a good time to remind our listeners this April, April 14th and April 15th, we are hosting our annual Freedom Conference. And there's only a couple tickets left available. I've been told to come and promote them to this community specifically because we want our warriors there. We want our community of like-minded individuals there. And I'm so excited for this opportunity. We always talk about how great ideas come out of these spaces. Well, this is where Good Morning Crypto came from. So look at this like a networking event of unique people in the XRP community. We get to come together. We're going to learn from Cashflow. We're going to learn from Gonzo. We've got Airbnb courses, silver courses, crypto courses. The list really does go on on and on. So if you're interested, the link is just down below this video. Go check out the price point. Go check out if it's okay with you. We'd love to see you there. So Andrew, while I'm on this topic, I'd love to get your thoughts about the XRP price chart looking great. While the lawsuit is turning positive, we've got some $27 price target. Let's not get our hopes up here, but $1.40 seems like it's possible. I'd love to hear what it means to you, Andrew. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I'm also looking here at the price chart. $1.40, yeah, indeed, it was the the, the latest uh, 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 yeah, all-time high, $1.40 more or less. So uh, that will be an up of 300% for at least from my uh, average more or less so uh, yeah we look look forward to that to uh, to have that price chart but actually what you see at the moment if something moves very quickly there there are people that know something and keep that in mind and that's why you also need to invest yeah when something is low when you have bad news then you should start investing and 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 if it goes up then you are in the boat you're in the train and, and it goes up so, uh, yeah, I think there is uh, something on the brink of, of changing. And, uh, uh, yeah, it's, yeah, looking forward to, uh, to see what's happening. Absolutely, Andrew. And the price chart seems to agree with you. Whether we're on the precipice of change or not, the price chart has finally bottomed out. And when we zoom out to look at the all-time price chart for XRP, we always say history doesn't repeat, but it often rhymes. And look at what we have here. We completed, we went from about a fraction of a penny to just below $4 in only 200 days. Then we completed about a four-year bear market here, broke up, never broke our all-time high, completed a bear market regression again, and here we go, finally pulling out of this market and getting some bullish momentum. And Gonzo, we've always talked about with XRP, people reference a decoupling event from the market. When we're in a bear market, we could see a day when XRP finally gets utility and the price is running and nobody can really figure out why. I don't believe this is an example of that, but I think there are some signs that we can look to to show us that times are different. And when I see the price chart bottoming out at 36 cents, and now we're all the way up at 45. To me, it appears we reached our bear market bottom. And to close us out here, I'd love to hear, do you agree? Yeah, you know, I, I think there are bigger and better things for XRP in the future. And if you follow Waters Above, you know that when he talks about some of the gematria, that um, it's really not until 2024, which makes a lot of sense because that's the Bitcoin having. We know that the Bitcoin, you know, that's the energy of the market that kind of runs everything. And until we really get like, I, I think that the resolution will be a catalyst, but it's not all of it, right? It won't be until later on when they win the lawsuit and we start to hear those partnerships and the real use case and, these, and it being actually used and implemented that will get the, the run that we're actually looking for, right? And, and I'm looking to like 2025, for that or maybe sometime even in the future to get some of the price points but um you know xrp just looking at the chart on its own without any news is very like you said is very very explosive it stays dormant for a long 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 period of time and when it moves it moves but then it doesn't stay up there for very long 
and then it corrects, right? And so that's why it's important to have an investment thesis or a plan and have, if you're going to have sell orders, have your sell orders. So when you're going to de-risk um, so that you're not just kind of writing it up and down. And all you have to do is just look at its history to see what it's done over it, over the whole time. Absolutely. And one of our listeners commented, I get doubts that I'm doing the right thing or wasting my time and money. Guys, people work their entire life in a job. They stay just over broke till the day they die and they tell their children to do the same thing. Taking a risk and taking a unique investment opportunity like this, we're not even talking about XRP. Let's just talk about new assets in general. When you're first mover in a new asset class, the only thing you need is patience. If you look at the internet bubble, if you look at the tech bubble, all of these things, there's a couple of big winners that come out of these markets. And our job, my responsibility is to try and show you guys what we believe to be the case, who's building on in the, each of these technologies. Right. And so when you say you have doubts, you're not alone, my friend. I hope this community can remove some of that doubt. And I know Andrew had a take, so I'm going to kick it to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, of course, you can, you can buy new assets. However, I also must emphasize on the fact make sure you have a strategy yeah make sure that you know what you're doing and if you don't know it educate yourself so before investing in in what kind of asset invest in yourself and make sure you come on the right mindset but also uh, surround yourself with people who know how to invest who know how to how to do the the the, the, the investment process and 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 yeah Force yourself to follow people that are successful on a continuous basis and stop listening to your senses like YouTubers and, and podcasts and because they only focus on eyeballs because of the advertising stuff and you really should, should educate yourself for, for, for investment strategies. And you know, and you already said the 3T Warrior Academy and the, and, and, the, and, the, and the conference that we have in April I mean, I will, I will talk there about investment strategies and how you can do that. And, you know, and is it a rich, quick scheme? No. And although everybody is telling you, oh, crypto goes to the moon. No, it is compounding your money over and over and over again. Keep doing that for several years, you know, and then you make your money. In the beginning, if you, for, let me give you an example. If you go to the gym because you want to get stronger, do you think, you will see something after the first time you went or after the second time you went or after the third time. No. But if you do it over and over again, several weeks, then you think, hmm, I feel more fit and I feel better and I feel a little bit stronger. And, you know, and that's exactly how you compound. You your know what, Andrew, let me just add something there. And if, if you aren't seeing the gains, you take steroids. And if you aren't making money in this market, you use leverage trading. And of course, I'm kidding, guys. But we got 401 live listeners out there. Show us some love. Smash that like button, Andrew. I just want to lighten the mood a little bit. I'm going to kick it right back to you. And then we're going to play this video of Brad Garlinghouse talking about all the development happening on the XRPL. So, Andrew, close this out, please. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I'm uh, rambling too much uh, about all kinds of stuff, but... I'm so fascinated about investing, about making money and about strategies and also to actually to switch off your, your mindset and just do do it over and over again. Because that little voice in your head says, hmm, would you do that? It's dangerous or would you don't do it? And and then and if you've done it, then that little voice says, that was easy. You know? <laughs> so it, it doesn't help. So make your own goals, make your own targets and go go there. And, you know, success means the progressive realization of a worthy ideal. So if you make a step every time, every day in the direction of your goal, 
you are successful and then be proud of yourself. I'm done. Absolutely, Andrew. And I love that whole thing. So thank you for giving us that. But guys, we're about to play you a really interesting video. Brad Garlinghouse talking about the development happening on the XRPL. Many of our listeners are saying, I need some good news. Here is some good news for you. So here we go. Ripple has now processed more than 30, nearly $30 billion worth of volume since launch and over 20 million transactions since we first launched RippleNet years ago. Our flagship product, on-demand liquidity, which is really RippleNet's crypto-powered solution for instant settlement is now available in nearly 40 payout markets. Just two years ago, that was only four payout markets. Let me just pause that there. That means in 2020, when they were initially sued by the SEC, they had four markets signed up. Now they've 10x that regardless of the lawsuit. And Gonzo, I just wanted to get some comments from you. How do you feel about Ripple not being stopped at all by the SEC when it comes to being outside of the United States? Yeah, you know, he said that from day one, they acted as if uh, they lost the lawsuit and they continued moving on, right? They continued building partnerships um, around the world. Uh, and and I think that was the best strategy. And so it doesn't really, to him, it doesn't really matter what happens in the U.S. We understand that the U.S. is a huge market, right? And they want to win the case and it looks like they win the case. But they've gone on as business as usual, as usual and it's been a very, very good business strategy and it's taken them a long way. Gonzo, I want to play this video here, but if the audio is too bad, just tell me and I'll shut it off. This is one of our friends, Mark Yusko, describing exactly what took place back in 2020 and how it was called the greatest distraction of our generation. They were telling us to stay inside. They were telling us to avoid something. Meanwhile, our banking system was collapsing before our eyes. And Mark Yusko, one of the smartest men in the space, he highlights this perfectly. So I want to play this short clip and go back to the group here. Here we go. What COVID did is it kind of created a smokescreen where people were focused on the lockdowns and, and the, the virus itself, and they're not paying attention to the fact that we now have untethered any measure of having a balanced budget in Washington or having any semblance of uh, attachment to reality when it comes to printing money. And so what, what's happened and, and why I think you've seen Bitcoin price react the way it has is we started printing money back last March at the nadir of the drop. And a stat that is still hard for me to say out loud is that 39% of all the dollars created in the history of our Republic were created in the last 12 months. It just doesn't seem possible. What COVID did Unfortunately, Mr. Yusko, it is not only possible, it's exactly what happened. 40% of U.S. dollars were printed after the, the C-19 crisis of 2020. And he highlights what happened. What was really going on in the background is we were having the greatest shift we've ever seen when it comes to banking. And Andrew, I actually want to kick it to you here. A couple of weeks ago, there were, there were, United, there were UFOs being shot down in Canada. And we came on our channel and said, What's really going on? Why are they telling us to focus on UFOs being shot down in Canada for the first time in human history? Doesn't seem very likely. So let's go into the news and figure out what's actually happening in the financial markets. Well, coincidentally, Silver Bank was going under at the exact same time. We had all of these big banks collapsing. And a couple of weeks later, we saw that affect other, other countries around the globe, whether it was uh, Credit Suisse also collapsed during that time. So I think it's another example of they always use a distraction that you think is important while the real stuff is going on in the background. Mark Yusko highlighted what 2020 was. How did you think about his take? <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, 
and if it is not a UFO, it is it is 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 the sea uh, is the sea thing, or it is uh, Chinese weather balloons, or uh, you know that that's also what JV says. If they say, look there, something is happening there, so you better look in the other way, and that's what I often say. Uh, look and make yourself an effort to look at the other side of the news and then you inform yourself in, in a quite a, a decent way and then you can make up your own opinion and stop stop listening to all this bs so that, that's my take on it absolutely and andrew this is some of the news that we were talking about going on in the background russia and china are going to go forward using the yuan instead of us dollars to settle trade in asia africa and latin america so while we have all this crypto turbulence and all the turbulence and the news going on this is what people should be focusing on russia most of our dollars are settled outside of the united states when it comes to the american dollar 65 percent of american dollar transactions do not take place in the united states and the majority of those are settled in trade between foreign nations so when it comes to countries like china and russia not using the american dollar that is the worst thing that could happen to the american dollar and this is one of the biggest reasons we're seeing a devaluation in our currency gonzo so i just love to get some quick thoughts here we only got a couple minutes what, what do you think yeah, you know, I, I'm not a macro guy at all, right? And I don't, I don't claim to be. Um, I, it, it sounds like it, it's scary, but I did watch an interview with Raul Paul with Anthony Pompiano, and uh, Pomp posed that question to him about the, the dollar dominance thing. And the way that he explained it is basically that 87% of the world's debt is in dollars. So he says that the world actually needs dollars because they have to figure out their debt, right? And so I thought it was an interesting point. I'd never heard it before. Um, I'll leave that to, to the macro guys, but you know, it was nice to hear like a counter argument to why um, Russia and these other countries can't completely and totally get rid of the dollar dominance because they need dollars to, um, to pay their debt. Absolutely. And China's entire economy, I've been commented here, China has a fake economy. It's actually, it's somewhat true because it's built on the dollar. So if the American economy collapses, China will fall soon after. So when they say this global dominance shift is going over to China, it's not that simple as America falls, China rises. They're very codependent. But guys, we've got 360 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And this is the last article I wanted to focus on for today. As the White House says, Bitcoin has not announced plans to adopt a proof of stake in a wild economic report. The Biden administration just released a new economic report exclusively covering Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies. This They were actually mentioned 305 times in this report. Crypto assets to date do not appear to be an investment with any fundamental value, said the White House. The report tracked the Ethereum proof of stake mechanism, stating it appears to lack fundamental understanding of how Bitcoin's consensus was established. And Gonzo, this is the most important quote from the article because I think it really highlights how little they know when it comes to crypto. They said, despite Ethereum's switch to proof of stake, Bitcoin has not announced plans to make a similar change. And my biggest question is, who would announce those plans for Bitcoin? It doesn't even make sense. The CEO of Bitcoin. The CEO yeah. of Bitcoin. Hey, and I just want to give a shout out to another team member. We got Mario in the chat. Mario is also on vacation. So I want to send love and high vibrations to my friend. But Gonzo, to close this out for this episode, how do you feel about Bitcoin? <laughs> not officially announcing they're going to be moving to proof of stake. As if they ever would. I mean, that just goes to show, they, I mean, who are these experts they have writing these reports? They obviously don't understand how Bitcoin works. There is no CEO. There is no company. It's a decentralized system, right? That has all these developers 
and they make decisions on a voting system. It's totally decentralized, right? Um, and so you could tell, and then the whole narrative that the report talks about, about the energy usage, right? What they don't focus on is that Bitcoin miners are actually incentivized financially to use renewables, right? To use cheaper energy so they can make more profits, right? But they don't focus on that, right? The, the other thing they don't tell you is they talk about like Bitcoin's price volatility. But if you zoom out and you look over the long term from 2019 March to uh, March of 2023, even though we've corrected 70% from all time high, we're actually up a thousand percent from 2019 wow. to where we're at now, right? It's the stat. best, right? It, it, it over, over its history, it's been the best performing asset. Now I'm at a Bitcoin maxi. We've talked about this, but you can't argue that over its life history, it's been the best performing asset over gold, over the S and P over all of that stuff. So it's funny because they don't mention that kind of stuff, man. They, they just kind of focus on the negative. Absolutely. And one of our listeners said, you guys should ask Quincy that question. B BTC can't scale. Quincy went off on an amazing rabbit hole rant yesterday talking about the flaws with Bitcoin. And we connected with him after the show. He's going to become a regular on our show. He's going to be coming in throughout the month, dropping gems for our community. So I'm really excited about those collaborations. Andrew, we got about two minutes left and I'd love to hear your thoughts. They comment on Bitcoin's use of energy, but it does not mention the fact that miners are incentivized to use renewable energy as over 60% of Bitcoin miners today already rely on renewable sources. So again, just exposing the corruption, they're pointing us this way when the reality is we should be looking the other direction. I'd love to give you a chance to close us out here, Andrew. What's it mean to you? <laughs> Have you ever calculated how much energy the banking system uses for all those computers to, to at least to, to, to have my bank and your bank. And it's, I think it's, it's, it's a factor of 10,000 more or so. And nobody, nobody talks about it. So this is really an article. Uh, I think it's, 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 uh, it, it's written by Gary and then, uh, then by our friends and because everything should be a negative. And so, um, yeah, you know, uh, we, we, so, so we, in the, in the meantime, we get used to these articles and we can love it the way because it's it's OBS and uh, and they also know it and it's, it's uh, the the last yeah the last resort maybe they can influence some people and they are just making themselves yeah ridiculously foolish that that they prove they purely do not understand the the the, the crypto uh, cryptocurrency world absolutely yeah. Andrew and this is the last article I wanted to pull up we're going to do thirty seconds here Gonzo the SEC charges Lindsay Lohan Jake Paul Soldier Boy and Akon in a crypto promotion scheme. And guys, it's good to see Gary Gensler fighting the important battles in this space. So I just wanted to close it out here, Gonzo. How do you feel about this news? Yeah, you know, so what they're claiming is that Justin Sun uh, was doing wash trading and a bunch of other stuff to inflate the price. Uh, and then these guys uh, tweeted, you know, to support uh, and didn't disclose, right? So I don't disagree with going after the famous people because if you're going to be promoting something, and you're getting paid for it, you should be disclosing that, right? It's the reason why we don't do like paid promotions. Um, but like, if you're going to do paid promotions and you're a content creator, uh, you need to disclose that. I thought what was hella funny is you have all these famous people, singers, actors, but when you look at what they were paid, Jake Paul, who's basically just a content creator, right? He made 25,000 while the others made like 10 or 12,000. So I thought that was hilarious, right? Most of them have already settled, but I think the bigger story is what's going to happen with Tron, right?
Isn't it so crazy? Jake Paul took $25,000 and little did he know it would be hurting his reputation like this. It's really just crazy. But guys, we got 334 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. We're going to close this episode out by saying thank you to each one of our special guests. Thank you to Andrew Caslow and thank you to Gonzo, a.k.a. Super G. We'll see you guys in 23 hours. And like we always say, Warriors, ah, get your shit together, baby. Thank you for joining. Let's go. Let's go. Love you guys. Great show.